0: full and beautiful and physical and angry all at the same time. Were you the here? You? your mind would cave in and your heart would explode within your chest. This is going to be a shame. Here we go! How's
1: it going everybody? Welcome inside an all new episode of the Talk Can Audio podcast for your Wednesday. Matt Robinson here with you in the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Talking today to our pal out in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Scott MacArthur's here. What's going on,
2: man?
0: So you're looking for uh, that midweek drop in in download data, huh? You, you know, just like bring on that guy and cut cut the listenership in half for a day. You know, just stunt the momentum just enough, huh? It's
1: a little self-loathing here I for just, your Wednesday, there, Scotty.
0: I just I just want to say, Matt. I am not. I, I, I want to set the stage for the mm-hmm. conversation. Okay. I, I I do not have any erstwhile tragedies. Like losing my passport on the other side of the world, or um, having my football team defecate itself all over its home field. Although my team did try, it
1: gave it a, sh- it they gave were, it a shot. They were yeah. able
0: to plug the orifice right. just in time before it started running down their leg. Yeah. But uh, I don't, I don't have uh, the saga of Lever Sage or anything close to it to, uh, to bring to you today. So just a, just a warning.
1: Well, I have a feeling you did have your own emotional roller coaster last week, and we will uh, touch on that in a second, but you know where we like to start here. And I want to shout out, uh, the Broadhead Brewing Company here. Um, okay.
0: That's my toaster. (laughs) All right. I, s- I actually smell burnt toast yep. because I burnt some toast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so we got burnt toast. We got trains. It's always an adventure when we uh, when we call up Scotty Mack. But um, yeah. it, this, oh, is, yeah. uh, this is Broadhead. They're out in Orleans. They used to be just a few blocks south of the studio here. And so I visited them quite a bit. I uh, used to pick up some kegs from them for the studio now and then. But uh, ever since they moved out east, I see them a little less often. And when I say out east, you, you know how far it is to Orleans, Scotty. It's... It's a bit of a trek from Nepean. So uh, this is their Amber Ale, and it's one of their best. I have had this one uh, in the keg a couple of different times because it is one of my favorites in town. And so I uh, saw the can here at the grocery store and uh, and was able to to snag one of these up. So that's what we're riding with here today. Uh, Scotty, we got to talk uh, some Blue Jays, but we're going to put that off because I want to hear.
0: A well, be- hold on a second. Okay. Okay. You. You you don't want to lead with the Blue Jays after all the activity of the last few weeks? Yeah, there's there's
1: tons to get into. There's so
0: much. Because I was hope- hoping to break it all down with you, Matty. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, I thought we'd go name by name of all the <laughs> consequential players that they've brought in. But if you're going to be like that, sure. Okay. Uh, it's your show, man. I'm just here. <laughs>
1: okay, so So, um, you know... We saw the Packers do what they did to the Cowboys, and it was never close. Um, They owned them from start to finish. And then they roll in to play the 49ers, and that was close most of the way through. I think to start the second half, was it not three lead changes in three possessions? This was... An adventure all the way through, and so when Lever was on here last week, Mister Versage told us that he came to grips, he accepted his loss long before the game had ended. You're still furious, you're still pissed off, but you understand this is done. Whereas you, right. I imagine, were on quite the roller coaster throughout that game.
0: Uh, yeah, so like I, I, um, I live in a room. Uh, In a larger house where there are obviously other people in other parts of the house. And so I am aware that my voice carries generally (laughs) (laughs) and that it especially carries because I've been told when the 49ers happen to be on. Yeah, I could see. Um, And that's when things are going well. (laughs) So because for most of the season things have gone well, but it was um, like, I don't know how to describe it any other way than to say, and, and this is, you know, as we talk, we're in late January of 2024. Um, I became a 49ers fan in January of 1989. So, This is like the 35th anniversary. I don't remember the exact date, but this month is the 35th anniversary of my 49ers fandom. Right. I can't remember my team winning a more important game or a game of that importance, right? Win or go home. Yeah. Having played that poorly. (laughs) Um, but they managed to do so. Um, it was kind of like, it was different, uh, but it was kind of like the Baltimore Ravens game on Christmas night, which also didn't go well, but that at halftime, as badly as the Niners had played against the Ravens on Christmas night and Brock Purdy had thrown three of his four interceptions in the first half of that game the Niners were still only down 16-12, four points at halftime. Now, they ended up getting blown out because the first few possessions of the third quarter, second half, were uh, awful. Um, and that included Brock's fourth interception that the Ravens then started, uh, you know, uh, well, it, it, I, probably in the 49ers red zone and scored. They scored their own touchdown, blah, blah, blah. It became a blowout game over. This game, as badly as the Niners had played – they were leading seven to six at halftime. Yeah. And, and could have been 10 to six if Jake Moody's uh, field goal attempt uh, at the end of the half hadn't been blocked. So, you know, you're sitting there and you're going, this is hideous. <laughs> this is atrocious. And when, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a senators fan, a Leafs fan, whatever, you know, your team, right. Mm-hmm. And you know, the history of, of your team, not so much the longer term because it doesn't apply, but the more recent term. And, you know, the Niners had lost Debo Samuel by that point in the game against Green Bay. And, you know, Debo, uh, whether he is the one actually making the plays or because of his unique set of skills, um, whether he's making the plays or the threat to make plays, i.e. used as a decoy. Debo not being on the field due to a shoulder injury took me right back to week six in Cleveland, where the 49ers had begun the season 5-0. and oh. Debo suffered a first-half shoulder injury, didn't return to the game. The offense in the rain in Cleveland was dysfunctional for the entirety of that game and the Niners lost. But wasn't it interesting that in that game in Cleveland, Brock Purdy, as badly as he played that day, that was the worst game of Brock Purdy's season prior to Saturday. Right. He did lead them on what would have been a game-winning drive had the kicker not missed the field goal <laughs> as time expired. And we lost 19 to 17 instead of 120 to 19. So there was all this thing about Brock Purdy can't lead a game-winning drive and the Niners can't come from behind when they're trailing in the fourth quarter and blah, blah, blah. As badly as he played in the rain, Brock Purdy did lead a game-winning drive on Saturday night, and the field goal situation was irrelevant because the Niners were down by four as they were driving the football, so they knew three points weren't going to do it. They needed the touchdown, and uh, in spite of not having Debo. Uh, they managed to get it done so a season that has really been a wonderful experience on so many levels continues and and nobody gives a shit about how i feel or whatever and i know versage would come on and oh you're lucky in this and that but you know the niners do have a very top heavy roster in that they set a lot of the positional pay scales nick bosa is the most to date He he will eventually be surpassed. It could happen this year, maybe next off season, but he is the most expensive defensive player in NFL history. Hmm. Right. And that's just because he's the most recent player at his level yeah. to have come up for a, for a second contract. So, so he tops the pay scale among all defenders and therefore defensive ends. Fred Warner is one of the best middle linebackers in football and is at, uh, and if I'm wrong about this, he he certainly is near uh, the top of the pay scale for middle linebackers. Uh, Trent Williams is arguably the greatest left tackle to have ever played in the national football league. And he is uh, the pay uh, leader um, at his position, uh, protecting the blind side of the quarterback Devo Samuel is is paid among uh, the top receivers. Christian McCaffrey among the top running backs. So like they have a lot of top heavy superstars, and you know have terrific camaraderie. This is a team full of guys who truly love each other. I follow it closely enough. I see them on social media. I hear that I I watch all their press conferences and media availabilities in the locker rooms. Uh, I'm gonna stop going on about this because then you're really going to think I'm a loser. But, um, but, but they, this is a team that truly loves each other. And so I'm, I'm glad they snuck through that game and now have an opportunity to continue, uh, this path to the Super Bowl, and we'll see if they can make it. And if they do, well then, you know, you just got to be better on any given Sunday, even if a lot of people think that their opponent, be it Baltimore or Kansas city, um, is is you know the more seasoned or better team or whatever, but I I'm not even going there yet because I have a ton of respect for the Detroit Lions, so it sh- you know it should be a fun uh, fun Sunday of football, Chiefs, Ravens, and then Niners, Lions.
1: Well, I'm curious, like, is there a part of you like I, I don't know? I, I'm curious about what kind of fan you are. And it sounds like you're a loud fan, but I, I like when you are sitting and watching that game. <clears throat> And it is the Packers, and they've kind of got this storied history, and they just wiped out the Cowboys, no problem. The the Niners were never out of it. But is there ever, like, a moment in that game where you're like, oh, my God, it's happening to us. We're we're next on their yeah. magic run here.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I I dropped to my ass <laughs> on the couch after one of Brock Purdy's uh, – I can't remember if it was third quarter. It might have been third quarter. But, like – Brock, Brock's got issues uh, gripping the football in in the rain. I mean, that's that is now well established. Not a narrative. <laughs> it is a legitimate. It is a legitimate concern given how things went in Cleveland in mid October and on Saturday night, and he kind of ditched another pass, or he was just off, and 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 like Brock has tremendous accuracy. And for his physical limitations, and that he's like six feet tall, um, you know, he's not physically imposing like a, a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson might be. Uh, he, can, he can get out and, and use his legs to either create uh, more time and, and space to heave the ball down uh, the field or scramble uh, for, for, for yards. But he is not in the Allen Mahomes, Lamar Jackson ilk. Sure. I mean, there's a you know there's a, a chasm there. Um, but as I was watching him ditch these passes because he's usually so accurate, I'm like, oh my god, rain! Rain <laughs> is going to ruin this 19 week <laughs> ride I've been on. It's like it's like it's like cause I'm a big rides guy. It's like I'm at it's like I'm at Wonderland on my favorite roller coaster, and I've done three quarters or four fifths of this roller coaster, and the big finish is the selling point of this ride. And a torrential downpour hits, and they're like, "Well, we're stopping the ride." <laughs> what? I don't know. Y'all got to get, get off, off here, yeah. and not and and also we're not where we're not where we board and and unboard these things. You have to jump out of the car and land (laughs) splat on the ground a hundred feet below because we're not moving this thing in the rain. It's over. And that's what it felt. I was sitting there. I'm like, Oh my God, this cannot possibly be how it ends for this group. It cannot happen. And, um, it's interesting. Like as bad as things went, I I will always say this, uh, especially for teams with the quality of players that the 49ers have, if you don't, turn the ball over. Or if you turn it over less than the other team, you should win the game. And, you know, what did we do? And yes, I say we when it comes to the 49ers. And if you don't like that, then have some broadhead brewing and drown in your (laughs) hatred of me but but what did we do against the ravens on christmas night we threw five interceptions the last one was sam darnold at the end trying to come back from a two-score deficit inside the final two minutes that that one isn't even really relevant the game was over but brock threw four interceptions baltimore didn't turn the ball over that i mean that's that I'm not taking anything away from the Ravens win. No. They earned those turnovers. Right. That's, that's part of it. But we lost because we turned the ball over four times and they they didn't turn it over at all. Well, what ended up happening on Saturday night? Now, Brock Purdy should have thrown at least a couple of interceptions because he was off the mark. Darnell Savage, the Packers' safety, actually dropped one that was right in his yeah. breadbasket that he probably would have returned for a pick six. Now, isn't it interesting that Darnell Savage did not drop the one that Dak Prescott threw him the week before. (laughs) And, and, but those are just, those are just like, it's a game, a game of inches as are, but it's a game of plays. Like sometimes you make that play and it, 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 it either changes the game or it enhances the game for your team. Sometimes you don't make that play and you look back later on, you go, Holy crap. If I'd pick that Joukowsky tart, uh, Darnell Savage is a safety for the Packers. Jaquaski Tart is a former safety for the San Francisco 49ers who dropped a would-be interception in the fourth quarter of the NFC Championship game in L.A. against the Rams two years ago this coming weekend well, the Niners were protecting a fourth-quarter lead. And had he picked that pass off, and this was not a contested pass, it was not a difficult catch, he just dropped it. Had Tart caught that ball, the Niners would have won the NFC championship game and played the Bengals in the Super Bowl. He didn't. The Rams completed the comeback. The Rams went to the Super Bowl and beat the Bengals. Like, it's a game of plays in the big moments.
2: Yeah.
0: And Darnell Savage didn't make that play. And what happened? Dre Greenlaw picked Jordan Love off twice uh, in the second half, including on the final uh drive as as Green Bay was trying to get down the field for what at least would have been a game-tying field goal to send the game to overtime, and that's the difference. So as ugly as it was, they won the game. And, you know, you take from it what you do, and now you prepare for the Detroit Lions, uh, who are probably, uh, I'm guessing, a team that casual football fans, when they look at the four-team slate, uh, would say I'm going with them because it's a great underdog story. Uh, you know, there's a terrific soul to the city of Detroit. Um, obviously, with regard to the Lions, there, uh, there aren't just years. There are decades upon decades of suffering. Um, and there is sort of this Chicago Cubs vibe to them. Where, you know, if they can beat the Niners, they would be the underdog playing either the Ravens or the Chiefs. Right. But if, if they were, theoretically, I don't think it's going to happen. But if they were to theoretically win the Super Bowl this year, you would have Lions fans remembering parents who loved the Lions and had passed away um, and never got to see this kind of behaving the way Cubs fans were in 2016. You know, it had been since 1908. My parents never saw this. My grandparents never saw this. Everybody was devout. I'm here to see it and they're not. And so you get wistful and nostalgic and it's a kind of a communal thing that way. That's kind of the Lions vibe right now. So I've said all of that. And I will also add that the Lions-Packers games in the NFC North division over the next few years, hopefully will live up to the billing of what they seem they will be today. Cause those are two very good young teams.
1: I'm always interested in, like I said, I, I want to stay on the idea of fandom for a second. I'm curious what kind, yep. like, are you able to, to socialize? I remember there was a, a stretch no. for, for several years, I would go out with friends during Leaf no. regular season games, but playoff games not for a long time for the Leafs. I didn't have to worry about those, but <laughs> as playoffs roll around, maybe you can talk me into it for like game two, but as the series goes along, yeah. as it gets deeper into it, no, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm setting my ways. I'm grumpy. I, I don't want you around, you know, to say the wrong thing to me when something is go- like, I just leave me alone while I go through this, this hell. That's I, I kind of yeah. enjoy watching hockey in the regular season. I kind of hate it in the playoffs. Like I don't enjoy yeah. the games anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, so a uh, story, um, Eleven years ago, the 49ers played the Baltimore Ravens in the Harbaugh Super Bowl. Jim was the Niners head coach. John, who to this day remains the Ravens head coach, was was their head coach then. So it was the Harbaugh brothers. And Mike Wilner had invited me to his annual Super Bowl gathering at his house. And I. I. Uh, I, I told him. I said, "Look, I'm not coming if the 49ers are in this game." Like the, the, Obviously, the invite went out before we knew who was playing sure. in the Super Bowl. And he said, "Oh." And I said, "I said, Mike. I said, Mike. I can't visit. Like, I, 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 I will be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> and I will be. And I will. I will not get into a fight with anybody verbally or physically. But if people are just sort of." making stupid comments yep. or what yep. I believe are stupid comments, I will I will froth internally. <laughs> and and I can't have that experience. So I said, I said, Mike, if if the Niners play in the Super Bowl this year, I will come to your house next year. Now I had the good fortune at that time of of having two or three Super Bowl options. The following year, the Seattle Seahawks the 49ers' big rival
2: mm-hmm.
0: beat this, the Niners in the NFC Championship game to advance to the Super Bowl to play the Denver Broncos. Now, the Denver Broncos are my oldest cousin's favorite team. Okay. And so, I wanted Denver to win for a couple of reasons. I wanted my cousin, uh, with whom I'm close, to be happy, and I didn't want the Seahawks to win. Right. Especially considering that the Niners had lost the year before. And uh, so one of my annual options for the Super Bowl was to hang out with my cousin and his wife and and my aunt and uncle and a bunch of people, right? So that was always on the table. It was always an option back then. Well, <laughs> Wilner's like, so are you coming? Because <laughs> the Niners had lost the NFC Championship. right? And I wanted to watch with my cousin, Broncos fan, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I ended up going to Wilner's that year because I felt I had to live up to the, the, the promise. But um, anyway, I, all, all of that to say that I need, I need to be alone. Um, I'm going through some and, things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I actually have a friend in the military who is not in Canada right now um, who uh, is actually an ex-partner of mine who became a 49ers fan when we were dating. Mm -hmm. And so we have actually, uh, when he's been able, uh, managed to coordinate with time change and everything that we will actually be on the phone together and watch the games. But you see, he cares as much as I do now. Right. Um, and sometimes knows more about what's going on with the team than me. Um, so, so there's an understanding
1: um, there, a kindred spirit. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like if you don't care <laughs> yeah. and you just want to pick at me, or like that's a problem. Right. So I just like, and and it'll be the same if the Niners win Sunday. I'm not leaving my <laughs> home for the Super Bowl. If they lose. I'll probably hang out with some friends right. and watch the Lions, you know, play whoever they play.
1: Exactly. Like I thought, Saturday or uh, the the game there this past weekend, uh, Niners and and Packers. I don't have a rooting interest. I'm loving that game. That game was all kinds of exciting. But if you're a fan of one of those teams, you're like, yeah, no, leave me alone. Don't talk Will. to me. I, I I think back, Scotty, to and it's different because the NFL, it's it's one game and you're out. Right. I I understand that's a more stressful situation. But last year. Sure. All the way through the NHL season last year, it was always nothing matters until they get to the playoffs. We've seen it a hundred times. The Leafs get there. They lose in the first round, so no one cares about the regular season. Fine, I, I accept that. We get to game one against Tampa, and Tampa stomps the shit out of them. And you're just sitting there like six months to build to this one game. This was the only thing you're supposed to be focused on is getting here and being ready, and you get absolutely rolled. And I was down visiting my parents, and I'm in their living room, and I genuinely I knew in the moment that it was happening that I'm being annoying right now. I'm not a yeller, I'm not what I, I'm sitting there. I am silently stewing and just seething that this is happening. And they're talking about the game and they care, they're leaf fans, whatever. but I want no part of talking to anybody. I am just melting down internally. At the fact that this is happening again right now, of course, whatever the Leafs go on and win that series, get rolled by Florida the next. But in that moment, I'm like, I am a terrible person to watch these games with. I just can't be around people anymore.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And, and isn't it interesting that had the Leafs and Lightning been football teams in the NFL, that result would have seen the Lightning move ahead. And it. The Leafs go it. Series home. over. Yeah. Um, so it's a little different, right? Yep. And I, as you were talking about that, I was remembering game one of uh, uh, the years. It's so long ago now. Um, it, it, what year did the Leafs, it was 2 because the Senators sailed past the Flyers in five games in the first round. The Leafs played what I, to this day, call the bloodbath series the with the man. Islanders. Yeah. <laughs> and and in game one in Toronto of the second round, the Senators beat the Leafs 5-0. And it it was not, and and I remember the mood up in Ottawa was le- Leafs are exhausted, yeah. Which they, they were. They
1: lost bodies in that series. They are a carcass ready to be buried.
0: <laughs> yeah, like and and after Game One, it's like shit. Let's go get Game Two. Bring it back to what was probably still then the Corral Center. Yeah. And 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 wipe the floor with these guys. <laughs> And, uh, obviously we know that that didn't happen, but, but yeah, so it, it, it's, it's really difficult. Like I, I, I am so deeply passionate about, and it's funny. Um, you know, I'm 44, I'll be 45 in June. And, um, I've said this to people, but it was, it's interesting. One of my favorite podcasters is John Middlecoff, who's a a Bay Area guy, he's probably about 39, 40 years old, a Bay Area guy who grew up loving the Niners, who ended up working in scouting for the Philadelphia Eagles, bounced around to a a couple of other teams, well-connected within the league, um, now lives in Arizona and is just an absolute podcast king, in my opinion, when it comes to NFL stuff. Um, And, you know, he... He talks about, uh, you know, some of that, some of those very same things, right? Um, Why did I bring his name? See, this is the other thing that happens to me now is, uh, (laughs) oh, yeah, no, now I remembered it. Yeah, I remembered it. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if it's my age. I don't know if it's both. I will just completely forget what i'm talking about sometimes <laughs> um no but he's talked about hey he's like i used to be a big end because he used to host like me he used to on knbr i think it was in san francisco he used to have a radio show right and so he was up on the golden state warriors and he was up on the niners and uh, the oakland raiders were in the bay area at the time and blah 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 blah, blah. he's like you know i don't watch basketball anymore because like, i'm just not interested it's like I've gotten as I get older, I find my tastes are changing. And you and I have talked about this, Matt. Like I was born and raised a Leaf fan. I I haven't watched a hockey game in years. Right. Um, I have started to morph th- and I never thought this day would come. I've started to slowly morph away from baseball. Now really? it's interesting because I'm because I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. So I'm talking emotionally. Um, you know, I stay on top of things because I, for as long as I do the podcast, I have a responsibility to be on top of it. But it is more of a fight for me now to to want to be engaged. And and I went through those feelings regarding the Toronto Maple Leafs and the National Hockey League in general while I was on the terrestrial mainstream radio. I was fighting that. It was a slog for me to sit down and watch a Leafs game. I'm now finding it's a challenge for me, and I'm so you you know me. I've been on the I've uh, been on your show. I'm put off by the whole ownership yeah. and front office of the Toronto Blue Jays. So, in the very same way that in the um, uh, I'm not going to hang this on Phil Kessel and Dion Phaneuf because <laughs> it's not fair to them. But in the very same way that the guy who was running the Toronto Maple Leafs at that time angered me, and then I reached the peak of my anger and sort of fell off a cliff and became just indifferent. I feel like I've reached my peak dissatisfaction with the ownership and and the front office of this Blue Jays team, and I'm sort of sliding off the other side of the mountain into indifference now. And what I love about the National Football League is that it is extremely structured. So in terms of a time commitment, it is what you make of it, which is true for any sport, but just follow me here. There's one game for three hours every week. It's on during what for me is the worst time of year. If we could just cut November out of existence, yeah, the clock falling back. You're too far away from the holidays to be excited about uh, about them. Um, it's not so cold that you can enjoy winter activities, but it certainly isn't warm, and it's probably that misty, pissy rain under gray skies. Yep. Like November is just a horrible month, <laughs> and, and yet the NFL is there. And, 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 you know, they got something that league for every month of the year. September to January, you've got your regular season in your playoffs. February, you got your Super Bowl. At the end of February, you've got the uh, combine where all the college draft-eligible kids show up at uh, the stadium in Indianapolis to run the 40-yard dash and lift the weights and da-da-da. And it's just a big party for the GMs and the owners and coaches, and they're scouting and interviewing these kids to see if they want to draft them. March, you've got the new league year, so the so-called calendar flips, free agency. April, you got the draft. May, you've got the spring program, the spring practices begin. Oh, and the NFL has now decided that on one night in May, uh, they're going to do a TV show where they announce the the, the schedule. Like all the teams know who they're playing next year, they just don't know when. That's That comes on a night in May. And then in June, you've got the mandatory mini camp, so the veterans have to be there at practice. July, you've got the start of training camp. August is training camp and preseason games. And boom, it's September. You're back into another regular season. It's all digestible. It's all organized. It's always interesting. And I'm sitting here looking at baseball. And I said this on, on the podcast, the latest episode with Rich Griffin of Exit Philosophy that he and I did. And and Maddie, I'll pose you this question: the, the NFL Network, right, mm-hmm. is owned by the National Football League. Maybe not for much longer, but it is right now. Right? Would the National Football League send the NFL Network, its television property, its, it's, it's it, it it the the media side of its business to an event? where nothing is going to happen. (laughs) Would it? No. Would it? Of course not, right? You're not sending Rich Eisen and the crew to the NFL draft and then saying, yeah, nobody's getting there.
1: There's nothing happening here.
0: What does the MLB network do every year with these bloody winter meetings the second week of December? Yeah. Everybody gathers – Everybody gathers at a resort hotel, be it in Nashville, San Diego, uh, Orlando, wherever it is this year, right? Mm -hmm. And I got MLB Network on. And I'm watching every hour a repeat of an interview with Whit Merrifield (laughs) because he's a free agent who is at the meetings sort of... Work in the room and just get in the lay of the land and da da da, whatever, whatever, whatever. And for three and a half days, those MLB network hosts and analysts had nothing to talk about because nothing happened. How does that happen? This is entertainment. Entertain me. <laughs> I'm an I'm an old man now. I can't count the number of strands of gray hair that I can pull out of my head every day at this point. And I've also I've also acquired enough wisdom maybe as as you gain wisdom you're and you're it, that's where all the pain physically it's just like my back hurts and my knees hurt and this hurts. Wisdom is heavy, so your body is you know, straining like a, to carry Yeah, the it wisdom around. is heavy. I'm like, excuse me, I don't need to be bored, and I'm not going to waste my time with it. I don't host a terrestrial radio show anymore that requires me to do this if it sucks. Right. And you've got a shitty product, right? And I know the reasons why. The regional sports networks are going bankrupt. So that's messing with about half the teams in major league baseball's
1: budgets. Uh, That's
0: budgets, right? They just they can't count on the revenue. And we know that agents and players are like, well, but I'm worth 240 million. I'm not taking 180. And teams are saying, But we can only give you 180. And even that's a little hairy for us. Well, that's BS. That's not what the market dictates. Well, the the landscape's changing and blah, 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 and onward and onward it goes. I get all the reasons why. All I'm saying is that's not my problem and I'm losing interest. So figure it out. Yeah. The NFL, like, and, and it helps when the the 49ers are good. Whenever you have, whenever your favorite team is good in, you are more locked into your team and to your league. I remember watching 49ers games in 2005 where they got their first, first down of the game late in the second quarter. And I'm like, What am I doing on my Sunday afternoon watching this? But, you know, the NFL is so digestible and so structured. It's got its flaws. There's no question. They don't give a crap about players' health, uh, but they feel like they have to make it look like they do now because they're starting to get sued. (laughs) But, but, but in terms of an entertainment product in terms of content generation in terms of something they've turned this whole coaching hiring cycle black monday the day after the the <laughs> the, the, the day after the regular season ends i mean it's got a nickname yep people are losing their livelihoods now often they're getting you know, their guaranteed contracts are covered for a couple more years. So it's not like we're crying for them, taking home $15 million to do nothing. Right, for but it's two a years. thing you've marketed, but, it. but you're a- losing <laughs> your livelihood Yeah. and it's a, it's a thing. And now we're into the coach hiring cycle that run, coincides with the playoffs. And, and so, I mean, there's just always something and it, it feeds the beast and it works for me. Well, let me ask um, you this. That's another uh, long ass rant, but well, uh, you know me. I, I love to go in different directions.
1: <laughs> well, let me ask you this. And, you know, you referenced there a few minutes ago the idea of irritation and anger eventually pushing you into indifference. And last year, for Blue Jays fans, it was a bit of a slog to watch, right? Like the team never quite clicked the way we felt like it should. And even when they still were clearly a pretty good team, they were still. Basically, from start to finish, always going to make the playoffs. It just never felt fun to watch. And so by the time the season was over, look, I was still all in on the the playoffs and I was cheering for them and everything. But when it was over, you're kind of like, finally, and even from doing this show, you're like, if I don't have to talk anymore about why isn't Vlad doing this and why can't they get guys in from from third base or whatever it was, it just wasn't fun. And so you sort of get this break through the offseason and. And I sort of assumed when my irritation faded throughout October and I had sort of forgotten how unfun the season was that by the time April rolled around, I'd be excited again. Baseball's back. Let's get going. And I'm sure there's a part of me that still will be like that. But with the off season that they've had, I I'm sitting here right now feeling like there's not a whole lot of reason to believe this year is going to be more fun to watch. Is there... You know, especially while they're trying to sell new premium seats. Is there a risk right now that after last season and then this off season that they may run into some indifference from a lot of fans here?
0: Well, I mean, I think that's going to be results oriented. So, like, look at it now. And and I used to do when I covered the Blue Jays. Obviously, I would do not nearly as frequently, but I would do guest spots on the radio in January and, and what have you, or, and people would say, well, you know, this, this, and this doesn't look so good right now. And I'd say, yeah, no, I agree with you, but like, let's wait until spring training starts yep. because then we'll have a much better sense of how the roster has been filled out, etc. And so I will, I will stick to that. Um,
1: most of those off seasons, you're though, not. didn't come on the heels of this yeah. bad season that then was followed right. by the body slam of the Shohei roller coaster. Oh my no, God, no, no, we're no, getting no. him! Oh no, you're not. Right.
0: <laughs> no, but if, so I will stick to that premise as a general um, overview. Yeah. In that, in, only to say that I'm allowing for the possibility of good things. Uh, more than one or a good thing or more good sure. things coming here. It's theoretically possible. But Matt, where this team is right now, in my opinion, like today on, what is it, January the 24th, Yep. this team will be around 500. This is an 80 to 84 win roster today. Mm-hmm. Now, Jorge, now I saw Reese Hoskins went to Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, it feels like Jorge Soler will be a Blue Jay now. If he isn't, then what? Right? Because they're in a lot of offense. Yeah, you're in looking this at JD
1: lineup. Martinez, maybe, You're looking at I don't even know what is Jacques Peterson still kicking Justin around? Justin Turner, there? yeah,
0: like, uh, and he's 38. Yeah. Um, you know, so so like where they are, and and of course, and I get it we are waiting for the stare down between Cody Bellinger and the Chicago Cubs to mercifully come to an end. Yeah. Just sign him <laughs> so that Chapman, who's also a Scott Boris client like Bellinger can sign and then we can get the bloody ball rolling here. Yeah. I don't know this, this, this is all an interesting and entertaining to somebody. I, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's the baseball. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, wouldn't throw anything in, in in any individual baseball insider's lap. Um, but th- the way this plays out and the way this is all happening must be interesting to people that I've never met because <laughs> I'm not interested and and I'm and I don't know people who are. Yeah. Like, can can we get something going? Well, here? how
1: like even if you're a player. It's like three, four weeks at the most till I'm supposed to report to spring training. I don't know where I'm living this year. Like, this is stupid to have it drag out this long.
0: Matt, I was in Clearwater, home of the Philadelphia Phillies, on March the 3rd, 2019. The Jays and the Phillies were playing that day. Right. Well, gee, Scott, that's almost certifiably insane that you remember (laughs) the exact date. Why would that be? because my shoulder still has not recovered from the awkward angle i had to use to get my microphone into the scrum with Bryce Harper right. who arrived that day after signing his massive contract to become a philly in early march <laughs> you it's know insanity. like it's it's like and, and then, you know, the new CBA was supposed to fix some of this stuff, and it kind of sort of did, and we started to get more activity again at the winter meetings in early December. But I really do think the RSN's cratering and
1: – Well, and, like, say what you time, want about, like, you did the NFL and their – like, even the NHL has their crazy Canada Day thing. You're, of course there's tampering happening. There's guy's signing deals at 12.03 or whatever. But when the NHL has lapped you – in terms of getting their free agent shit done and making it an event that you can televise all day, you are doing this wrong. When Gary Bettman's league has got it has gotten ahead of you on this front, man, like...
0: You know what? And Pierre Lebrun's one of the nicest guys in the business. Pierre Lebrun deserves and should be golfing near his cottage on July the 4th. Right. You know? Free agency on the first, the trickle down on the second, maybe a guy or two on the third, and then everybody says bye-bye the for road.
1: eight weeks. We've had Bob McKenzie bye-bye. on this show a couple times, and he has talked yep. about his great drive. He literally leaves from free agent frenzy on TSN, gets in his truck, straight to the cottage, don't call me till after Labor Day. That's it. Five mm-hmm. o'clock, July 1st, I'm out.
0: <laughs> My name is Bobby Margarita until <laughs> Labor Day. That's it. That's it. You know? yeah and 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 I like look baseball does not have a salary cap it has it has a very high floor or ceiling uh, when it comes to the luxury tax threshold most teams don't even sniff that and I am not pro salary cap right you know uh, the NFL and the NBA both have very soft salary caps in very different ways. The NHL obviously has a hard salary cap, Mm -hmm. but you know, you could sit me down and say, Scott, it's time for baseball to have a salary cap. And my knee jerk reaction would be no, no, don't do that to players. Right. The flip side of the coin is with a salary ceiling. There also is a salary floor. Looking and at some Tampa, of these looking teams, looking
1: at you, Pittsburgh, looking at you, yeah,
0: Luke, like, like you know. But at least, and I was going to say Kansas City, but then at least Kansas City signed at like yeah. sixteen Joes, Michael Walker, and whoever the hell else. <laughs> they had a little spree there. I yeah, was like, Yeah, we oh, Go get it, Kansas City. <laughs> you know, maybe Patrick Mahomes' two percent ownership stake or whatever it is. He looked around on an off day in one of the in 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 the during the week didn't have to practice that day with the chiefs. He goes, can we just get some people to play on this baseball team? I've thrown some money into, you know, yeah. get the ball moving there a little bit, but um, yeah, I just, and I, I feel strongly about these things in, in the sense that Matt, like I'm, I'm, you know, some of it is very personal to me. Like I'm just, ai I don't want to say I'm a very different person than I used to be, I think I'm actually the person that I've always been now, and uh, this is getting somewhat existential and and psychological and philosophical, so just just bear with me, but I'm actually more the person now that I've always been, rather than the character that, for all the reasons I've detailed ad nauseum over the last few years, the character I created and played for a really long time. Right. And, and I'm sorry, like, and when I say I'm sorry, it's a figure of speech. I'm not apologizing where I live now. There are Caribbean. Now the water's a little colder, but there are Caribbean quality beaches within an hour of me. And, you know, I'm just one person, no more, no less important set of eyeballs than anybody else. Mm -hmm. But am I going to sit indoors on a July Sunday afternoon to watch the Toronto Blue Jays play game 91 of 162? Or am I going to take a book and a towel to Martinique beach? And when I'm not surfing the awesome waves that that beach can kick up, (laughs) I'm lying there in the sun reading what sounds more appealing. Now there might be a listener who say, I'd rather watch baseball at the game or on my TV before I'd ever go to a beach. Right. God bless you. Have at it.
2: Sure. Where I
0: am in my life right now, baseball is competing hard with what in my view are much better things to do. And, and so, you know, we all sort of change and evolve and this and that and the other thing, but it's, it's a constant fight for all of these leagues, and some do it better than others, in my opinion, of keeping us engaged. And I, I don't know why I'm willing to sit and listen to somebody explain it to me who feels this way. So I'm 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 willing to but I don't know why there would be anybody who sits out there right now and thinks, man, this baseball's off season's been really interesting and I I can't wait for all these dominoes to fall. It's like no, all of that should have happened by now. Yeah. Yeah. All of it should have happened by now. We should all be comparing team rosters. Now we understand trades could be made. Maybe some Tertiary. But that's what this part of the season
1: is supposed to look like. Like, okay, what's my team done versus what have the Yankees done? And right. you're, now you're having fun making predictions and set, getting ready for your fantasy drafts and things like that. And nothing's happened yet. We're it's it's brutal. I, I before we get out of here, I do want to ask you again, though, Blue Jays specifically, if they go out, let's say it's Soler and I don't know whether how likely you think this is. Maybe they bring back Matt Chapman. You know, is there a path? for them to get back to being a, you know, a 91 win team or, you know, at this point is, is maybe that beyond them this year?
0: No, there's a path. Um, now the path includes the, um, the same level of health that they're starting rotation yeah. had last year. Um, can you Good guarantee that. that? I, I yeah. do, I do think one thing is interesting about that. Which is, I think, we're going to start to see movement toward a a six man rotation um, when when there isn't an off day, right? So so, Ariel
1: Rodriguez, come on down,
0: right? So you can have a five man rotation if you have an off day in there, because then everybody's throwing on their sixth day. But but I wonder if that you know is going to become a far more common. Yeah. approach in baseball and that if it doesn't help mitigate some of the issues that pitchers face um in the season and and so that that could be something that helps to ensure that the rotation continues to uh stay intact from april to uh, the end of september and hopefully into october um but at this point like i don't look at that lineup and and see where it's going to come from. If Vladimir Guerrero Jr. becomes a six and a half win player instead of a one and a half win <laughs> player again, that's a huge help. Sure, Bobaschette's going to do his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. And and again, Maddie, we could we could we could, we could we talk late in the season, and all of what I'm saying could be wrong. And if it is, great. Uh, I don't see George Springer becoming a better player. No. Uh, than he has ever been at his age. I see physical uh, regression. He did not have a good offensive year last year. Uh, if you believe that Kevin Kiermeyer is capable of exceeding his offensive output from last year, I have a bridge <laughs> to sell you. You will find, if you traverse this bridge, that eventually you will reach its conclusion and you will walk yourself off into a big black hole that swallows you up. But nonetheless, I have a bridge that I'm willing to sell you. Right. Um, And and Dalton Varsho is still a young player by age who could evolve into a better hitter than he's been, but until he does, he hasn't. Right. So we can only play with the numbers we know from the last few seasons and that there's going to be some pop there. And not a lot of on base, and not a lot of hope against left-handed pitchers in larger sample sizes. So you know, I don't see a lineup today that gives me a whole lot of excitement for for big things. But as I always say, I'm willing uh, to be wrong, and when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays, because Toronto is my home city, and fans are passionate, and you know, I like a lot of their players. I'm a Huge Bo Bichette fan. Um, for example, I think Kevin Godbold town in, this
1: weekend. UFC two ninety seven. It was, a, was UFC two ninety seven. Yep.
0: Yeah, and and I, I I had to laugh on Instagram because I saw that post, and a lot of the responses to the post were, "Who's that?" <laughs> oh, well, because no. you know, because because the MMA audience, sure, you, you know, it, there, there's a branch of the MMA audience that's MMA and not anything else yep. when it comes to sports, right? Yeah. So they'd look at Bo Bichette and go, "I mean." i don't know is he an actor like have i seen him somewhere like but anyway so it was kind of funny but you know, i had the same experience
1: down. once scotty i was at ufc 140 or uh yeah 140 at the air canada center in the arena they showed phil kessel up on the big screen who was there watching it and the the best part was in the background they're playing the song i'm sexy and i know it um huh. but on the broadcast when i watched it back the next day it was clear the announcers had no idea who this person. like Clearly a Toronto celebrity, but on the actual broadcast, they had no idea
0: who this person was. <laughs> Please welcome Phil Cassell. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. 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 Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a path. Um, But I mean, it, w- w- what are we looking at right now? We're looking at Vladdy at first. We're looking at Boat Short. Who's the third baseman? Isaiah Connor Falefa. Oh, God. No, I like. Yeah. Who's the second baseman? Davis Schneider, okay, but like we're talking 162 games here, not 30. Right. You know, um,
1: come on down, Cavan
2: Biggio, right? Like this is
0: just... the uh, Cavin Biggio be a part of it. Like Isaiah Kiner-Falefa makes Santiago Espinal redundant. Yep. So, so is Espinal getting traded as part of a larger package in a and a bigger trade or not? You which?
2: know,
0: Santiago. Whit Merrifield's gone.
1: Oh, I was going to say which. Right? Oh, which, which, okay, yeah. um, which, which Kirk are you planning to get this year? Right. Like what version of that guy? I know some people sort of want to give him a little bit of a pass because he, he had the kid late last year coming into spring training and it slowed him down, but you, I, I, I would allow that to count for, you know, being messed up in April and early May. <laughs> Should you still be messed up all year? I, I have a lot right. of questions about this lineup. How I, many I,
0: games is Danny Jansen yeah, going to miss? Yeah. You know. So I, I and and I look at the Yankees and and Juan Soto is one of the great hitters in the game. Yeah. And look, Juan Soto. I don't care what Juan Soto's batting average is, but Juan Soto's batting average is only interesting because of the uh, effect it has on his on base percentage. Right. If Juan Soto hits two thirty, he's going to have an on base percentage of four hundred. <laughs> if he hits two sixty, he's going to have an on base percentage of four twenty five. Right. Like he's on base. All the time. Yep. Oh, and now he plays at Yankee Stadium. Now where he, is, he can. <laughs> he is where going he can to literally be, extend his right hand and hit a home run around that right field belt.
1: I wonder how many Juan Soto, you know, on base, you know, occasions though are ruined by Stanton grounding into a double play behind him. Uh-huh. But, uh, we'll see. Uh-huh. It's going to be an interestingly constructed Fair Yankees point. lineup, but you know, they've gotten and now better Morgan and Stroman's a Yankee. Yeah, and I mean, Rodon will be back healthy, so you know they're at this point they're clearly a better bet than than the Blue Jays right now. And Tampa's is always Tampa. Baltimore uh, is is here, right? Like I'm not sure if they're division they sure winner they again, are. but they are here, and so um, yeah, this is it's going to be a tough year. So,
0: I mean, I you know I, again, it's an expanded playoff format. Mm-hmm. If I – back when I was covering the team, um, I would look at this roster today and say there's no chance they make the American League playoffs. Right. But with the expanded format
1: – You never know. The
0: more balanced schedule. Yeah. You, you know, you're not seeing the Orioles and the Yankees and the Rays as much, and you're seeing a little bit more of the Washington Nationals of the world, although they might not be as bad this year. But, like, you know what I mean. The, the, the sure. crappier – Yep. Teams, uh, it's, but health is, health in the rotation is, is going to be huge and where are the hits coming from? Yeah. You know? Um, But I just don't look at, I don't look at Isaiah Kiner Falefa, (laughs) Kiner Falefa as my third baseman and, you know, feel like doing a a dance in my apartment, you know? Like, I, I just don't.
1: I'm with you there. And there's no doubt we will, uh, we will touch base with you throughout spring training or something beforehand, but, uh, we'll start to wrap this one up here. Scotty, I appreciate your time as always. If people want to check out, uh, some more of your, your Blue Jays enthusiasm, it is on the, uh, exit philosophy podcast with, uh, with Rich Griffin and yourself. It's always a great listen. Um, Scotty, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you.
0: Yeah, always great, Matt. and, uh, I know it's late January, but, uh, it's our first chat of the year. So happy new year to everyone. And if you are listening and you are a Canada border services agent, mm. just because he has his passport doesn't mean you have to let Lever Sage back into Canada <laughs> when he arrives, just throwing it out there.
1: It's true. Throwing L- it out there. Let's keep that on the table. We'll wish you luck yeah. with your 49ers the rest of the way. And uh, that's where we'll wrap this one up for Scott MacArthur. My name is Matt Robinson. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Don't forget tomorrow, Kevin Mickey from Sportsnet will be on the podcast. We'll talk to him about his new gig with uh, uh, the PWHL Toronto franchise. Uh, And one of the big things we got to talk to him about is WWE moving to Netflix. He's a big wrestling guy, covers that for Sportsnet. We'll get into a bunch of things with Kevin Mickey tomorrow. So stick around for all of that. Like I said, for Scott MacArthur, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. I am unhappy with
2: the confusing and
1: at times confrontational nature of that meeting I wanted it to go better
2: I wanted it to go better!